right. Here is a, a great first question, actually. Why is it important to send our girls to girls' ministry events? Aren't OYM events enough? Oh, you want to take that or me? See Party in the house. Got I got it. this answer unlocked. Okay, raise your hands if you have ever sent a teenage girl to teen girl conference. Okay, so here's the deal. Yes, I am a huge supporter of the youth ministry. Yes. I direct camp for him. So there is nothing about youth ministry that I am in competition with. Love it, honor it, support it, great leadership. What they're doing is fantastic. I will say this. There is something uniquely different when gender is with like gender and there is not the distraction. I don't care who you are. You are a teenage girl. You have raging hormones, okay? It's the nature of reality. It's the nature of the beast. And I will say this, even like um, Mandy brought this up. Very first time Christy Poole from One Church Music led worship at our event. These were the words out of her mouth. I cannot believe how quickly those girls engaged in worship. I haven't even seen it like that at camp. And if you're familiar with camp, you know that it's like, it's special. What happens around those altars are special. But the reason that they're able to, night one, get in, get engaged, is because they're not distracted by trying to look cute for a boy. Right? When we play games and we get silly on the stage, they're all in because they're not trying to impress anybody else in the room. They're just there to have a good time and to be who they are. So there is something special that happens in that setting. Not that it's the only way that it can happen, but I'm telling you, it is so worth it and makes a huge impact and difference in their life. And so if I could add to that, um, I think also it's very important for young ladies to see other women minister. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, obviously, you know, just for this room, but obviously angel people who know me, like, I am equal, you know, women can minister, right? This isn't like, oh, well, you could be in charge of the prayer team or you, you, you could do the announcements. No, they have words to bring and things to say. And I believe in women bring a prophetic voice, to dif- you know, different things. And so I think it's important for women to come and say, wow, I see women, I mean, praying, preaching, worship, mm-hmm. like leading, like, so many different levels like that. Um, I, I think that's an important piece as well. That's good. Like that, brother. Yeah. Well, All that's, right. That's true. Question two. Men and women are different. So how do we go about teaching, preaching, and helping the other gender? Example, location, Sunday school, youth, youth events. I feel like I need to read it again. No, that for was sure. three questions. Yeah. Men and women are so different. So how do we go about teaching, preaching, and helping the other gender? Okay. So, and so like in different settings, like Sunday school, youth, youth events. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is a loaded question. We just had a whole session on this. So I'm going to try and like real quick to answer it simply. Um, we know, again, that boys and girls are different. Our learning styles are different. Our basic needs are different. We're going to look at a boy. And we talked about this again just a few moments ago. Boys need to feel like they can conquer something. They need to be seen. They need to know that they can do it and they're great at it and Right? And girls typically need to see, like, do I matter to you? Am I important to you? Am I, are, are you captivated by me? Do you notice me right now? Right? In a very different way. Am I beautiful? So even just the way that we start a conversation, the way we engage is going to be very different. And we can do that most effectively when we do have gender-specific ministries, right? Because learning styles are different. Yes, you can combine, and there are things that you can do in Sunday school and small groups that are going to work. But ultimately, um, if I come up and I just like punch Galen on the arm, this is my buddy, we hang out, like, 
that's going to be well received. But if I just come up and I punch you on the arm, you're like, why are you touching me like that, right? <laughs> but if I come up and be like, hey, you know, and we just have this, and again, this isn't like what we're having, we're not rubbing each other's backs in churches, but at the end of the day, <laughs> that's another class. Let's talk about that class for a minute. Well, if your love language is physical touch, don't go to... But it is important to have those environments set up so that when we're talking about things, um, even with temptation, girls are going to respond um, and act in temptation differently than boys are. When we're talking about purity, girls struggle with purity in a very different way than boys struggle with purity. We can look at the stats alone on that. You don't even need to put Jesus in the equation. We know he's in all of it. But boys are different than girls in the way that they behave, so we are able to address things individually um, best when they're separated. Yeah. And I, I'd encourage, um, you know, as like in those different settings, um, it's, you know, it's it's a fine line to walk, right? We, we'll, I'll just focus on the guy side of stuff where it's like, you know, we're, guys, we're going to have separate guys times. Like, we're going to talk about pornography. We're going to talk about objectifying women. It's like, oh, gosh, this is like so heavy. And like, it's like, you know, um, but it, here's what I mean in all, in all seriousness. You have to remember, you know, there's kids in all different walks. I mean, there's kids who are seventh grade, they're like, oh yeah, I know what's up, you know, and there's seventh graders like, you know, Mm-mm. oh gosh, like, I've never even hugged a girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And you, listen, you have to be careful, you don't open kids up to things before it's time, mm-hmm. and you know your kids, so you gotta be careful when That's you start true. saying, like, hey, don't hop on a computer look at pornography, and they're like, you go on a computer look at pornography? Like, what? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Pastor Nate told me. So I encourage this before you dive into like, hey guys, you know, don't be, you know, making out with girls and don't be touching appropriate. Like, bring it back and look at the scriptural approach to things. Because mm-hmm. if you just go on those type of behavioral things, young men are going to miss it. They're going to feel like, okay, he said not to do this, but this isn't that. And you don't want that. You want everything like the filter of the word of God, of, of how to appropriately, you know, view and how to be a man of God. Do you know what I mean? I think being a man of God starts there, right? You know, you can talk about like, you know, that like your thinking life, right? You know, right. We can talk about pornography. Like, don't look at pornography. It's wrong. But if you say you need to guard your, your thoughts, right? The Bible says, you know, uh, to commit adultery isn't to actually commit the act. It's to think about it. It's to help you keep the How's your thought life? You know, and how do you, are you controlling that? You know, before you before you deep dive into yes. some of those, you know, we'll say buzzwords, okay? Um, when it comes to dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. s- some of those guy girl issues. Yeah, no, that's good. That's perfect. All right. Is greeting with a holy kiss okay? How do I encourage the quiet boys in youth group to speak when asked a question? Oh, you want me to answer? <laughs> so we actually just talked about it in our last two sessions, so I'll say it again for this one. And so uh, for some of you, this will be like the third time here, so I apologize. Um, not all guys are very comfortable talking about their feelings or their emotions, right? It's like... You know, hey, you know, how you doing? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. That didn't hurt me. You know, like I'm, you know, I'm tough. I'm a guy. Um, we, 
guys probably aren't going to open up in a small group setting if they're newer, right? It's just like, hey, let's talk about our feelings, you know? It's like, how's that make you feel, right? That's probably not, you know, what they're going to respond to. But sometimes you need to do, not the face-to-face, but the shoulder-to-shoulder type of thing. So it's like, hey, I'm working at the church. We're cleaning out the shed that's, you know, rapid with a raccoon. So can you come help me clean it out and work side-by-side? But you can ask questions, right? Hey, you know, how's things? I saw you got a girlfriend on Instagram, but you didn't bring it to church. Hey, what's up with that, right? You know, like, (laughs) just saying, just saying, right? And it feels just much more of a different environment, right? A student doesn't feel like, oh, I'm sitting in someone's office. I'm at an altar. It's like, no, we're in a shed talking about your life. And so it starts, I think, even outside of that and the building of the relationship component. and I think, so I, I think that's one side, looking for, you know, things not just in service or like, hey, this is our small group time, open up. Right. Five times outside of that. But then um, mm-hmm. I think also trying to pair um, like the boys up with even a leader. Um, there's a reality in youth ministry that at, even as youth pastor, as great as you are, not everyone's going to connect with you. Okay. And that's Okay. Right, you know, my boys are still small, but I would love to think as they get older that they're just going to tell me everything that they're dealing with. They're going to say, Dad, you are just so full of wisdom. <laughs> Please guide me and instruct me. I'm their dad. They may, be, they may feel like, oh, I don't want to tell my dad. This is just like, you know. This Embarrassing. Is yeah. yeah. But I want to know they have someone that they can talk to, and I will feel great about them. What I don't want is my son, you know, my sons, trying to figure it out, like trying to piece things together. Well, I'm gonna ask my friend, and then I'm gonna like look on stuff on the computer. Just, like seriously, right? Like mm-hmm. you're just trying to gain stuff. Like, what does your 14 year old friend know? He, yeah. He's an idiot too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, making sure you're still gonna connect with you know, the, the young guys, where they may not open up in the group, but at least as a youth pastor, you know, I know that. They're real tight with the leader so so when we go on trips, they're sitting together. When we break out of youth group and the kid's sitting by himself, I know this leader always goes and sits next to him. Yeah. You know, that's you know, that's where um, he always takes time, but you know, Lord willing, they feel a little more comfortable in different settings. Mm-hmm. Um, and also too, um, sorry I'm taking a long time on this, I sorry. No, it's good, it's good stuff. Always with guys, because it, it's hard because everyone's tough. As a youth pastor, and I know it's hard sometimes, like want to make jokes or just like kind of like lighten the mood sometimes. Always take like the, the pastor approach and make things just—it's normal, right? Yeah. You know, people start to laugh. Like, shut it down. Even even though it may not be a big thing, even the thing they said it was like funny. Do you know what I mean? But hey, guys, no, let let them talk. We want to hear you. This is going to feel like a safe space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you want a student to feel like that. It could be that. Listen, and we, we if you you mentioned you all have the stories. That like, oh my gosh, this didn't literally ask me this, right? You know, or like, normalize it. Yeah. N- normalize it. You know, w- whatever whatever it might be. And like I say, put on your pastor poker face. Yep. Whatever they might tell you. And like, okay, all right, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Let's just talk. Um, so, that's what I'll say. No, that's good. I'm glad you touched on safety because that was the first thing that my mind went to. But safety for everybody in the in the group. So when you're talking about a small group, I think it's so easy to get focused on, and I'm just going to say I didn't come from the church. I wasn't raised in church, so I have a much stronger approach, right, um, just historically with my background. And it's easy to lean in and lean towards more making it safe 
for the unsaved kids or the new kids at the, at the disposal of, and I'll use that strong of a word, of the church kids. It really should be a safe place for everybody, right? So the example of I'm sitting in a small group, and a young man says, obviously I'm the dude in this situation, <laughs> but if I'm sitting there and somebody talks about being attracted to the same sex, right, that's not the moment to shame them and call them out and make them feel horrible. They just confess something to you that is intimate, that they're struggling with. It's like, this is a big deal, right? But at the same time, we can't overlook it and forget that there are other people that are waiting for your answer. Nighting to know and validated that what they believe of the word of God is true, that it's okay. So there's a way that you can shape that. You know, thank you so much for your honesty. I appreciate you talking about that. We're going to pray. And here's a safe way to say, we're going to pray about that. We're going to pray that God removes that temptation from your life. It's letting everybody else know that's not okay without saying you're disgusting and you're awful. Then you have a sidebar conversation after the fact with that young man, right? Um, but I do think it's important to recognize that everybody in a small group situation needs to feel safe. Your church kids and your kids who are coming with no background, no, I didn't even know that was wrong. Um, and that happens. I've had that happen in my own youth group. I mean, I had a girl say, well, girls who have sex before they're married, they are just slutty, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> right? Like inside, I'm just like. I homeschool my kids, so I'm not hating. But it's just the reality of that's exactly what it was. This frequency. Who's homeschooled in the room? <laughs> so I know who offended. There you go. My kids are homeschooled. I'm not anti-homeschool. Um, but the reality of it is that's not a safe space. And if we're going to let people talk and we genuinely want to help people, every single person needs to feel safe. Every single person. It is crucial. And I do want to say, I love that you mentioned about even just working in the shed. That's mentoring, right? That's mentoring. And the best way to have influence in our young men and our young women is when we are side by side with them. We're doing life with them. And that just speaks to the opportunity to really get in there when the going gets tough. Because they're going to let us speak into their lives all day long when things are great. But let something happen in their life. Let them struggle with something that they know is sin. Let them fail at something that they're ashamed of. And the first thing any of us do, right, is we close in. But when you have somebody who you've seen be at your side and challenge you in loving, godly ways, they're going to be like, man, I, I totally messed up. Okay. All right. How are we going to get through it? What's our next step? I got your back, right? So just the importance of that relationship. So good. Good sure. stuff, my friend. Next question, strategies to address homosexuality and gender dysphoria. Okay. So there's, again, a whole topical class. I actually passed this piece of paper out. Did most of you guys get that? I've got a couple in the back. If not, I need some. Okay. Um, I'll give you angels, Abby. Are you sure? Yep, I've got some more minutes. Okay. So this is from Dr. Litchie, and I know he stole it from somebody else. Thank you so much. I'm going to steal your paper for just a minute, Kayla. Sure. All right, so I'm going to read this out loud and tell me if this doesn't sound like a stereotypical man to you. Um, this is a realistic personality. They're practical, physically oriented type of a person. They prefer activities such as electrical, mechanical, agricultural, and outdoor endeavors. They're typically conservative and aggressive and generally prefer being alone. They work well with their hands around tools and machinery. They're most comfortable with objects. Would everybody in this room agree that that's a lot of the men that you know that is, okay. All right, let's go down. Let's just jump for the sake of having some fun. Artistic. 
represents emotional, sensitive, creative type of person. Their interests and talents typically are in the arts. They're highly original, prefer to be alone. They focus primarily on abstract thought, self-expression through artistic means. We can go on and on and on. You guys can read this, right? It's really easy to look at that and say, that's a boy and that's a girl. And that's what we do in society. But this has nothing to do with gender. This is all personality traits. And we can look at these and say, I know women. I have a cousin who is like agricultural farming and she fixes tractors and it's her jam and she is a girly girl. And it's total opposites of who she is when she's having fun versus what she likes to do. Um, so we need to be careful because I think on accident we begin to stereotype, well, she's a tomboy, right? If I grew up, if Angel Perevsky grew up today and I was a genera Generation Z, I would be convinced that I was gay. Just truth be told. Because I was a tomboy, because my, my activities was playing football in the yard with my brothers, I played softball, and my I was like, their friend ain't going to be faster than me. That was just the way I came up. Well, today it's almost like, oh, well, she's a boy. She's, she has boy tendencies. Maybe you like boys. And I think we, on accident, confuse personality, personality traits with our gender. And we have to be very sensitive to not stereotyping. And we talk about this even with rangers. We assume, like, boys' ministry has to be, like, camping and woodsy and having fun. And honestly, like, my brother wouldn't have been into that. He'd be like, I mean, we could play sports, but otherwise I want to sit in the house and play video games. Like, that's not my jam. But if we assumed that, you know, because you're a boy, you're going to like these activities, we are boxing in and I think reinforcing a fear of what society is putting on. <coughs> Just one way. Yeah, gosh, so much here. I know, uh, right? Um, I would say, uh, first thing is, it's, it's very common that we identify with sins that we can struggle with. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we, we don't, but gluttony, it's like, oh man, like, well, it's, you know, of course, like, you know, you got to eat this much or you got to do this, but like the Bible talks about that and we maybe excuse each other because that's a sin we kind of relate to. But maybe when someone opens up, it's like, I feel like I'm attracted to the, to someone of the same sex. It feels like, like, how could that be? And it's kind of like this, like feeling of like, oh, well, like, now you're way off. So when someone opens up with you in that regard, um, we were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, walk with the person. Before you jump into the Word of God says, whoa, you know, and you start assuming things, start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, like, when did you feel like this kind of started for you? Yeah. Right? And, 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 and listen, I know this is like a, a delicate subject, so I'm not trying to drill down on one type of thing, okay? Um, you know, there's, you know, people in my life who I see on Christmas that they are, you know, actively, you know, in a relationship and it's like, right, we can talk broadly the things, but it's different when you're sitting next to the person at Christmas. So, you start from the very beginning and you have to hear, so as a teenager, you know, you're sharing this, find the story. Sometimes it's rooted in, maybe they were, you know, molested as a child. Maybe there was some negative experience that they had. Um, or maybe there's just a simple thing that they are battling with, right? You don't need to try to search, like, oh, something must have, like, maybe it's just something they're trying to work through, and the same thing that we all have things we're trying to work through. Yeah. So start there and walk with them. 
the second thing I would say is um, don't um, don't always assume that it's just like when they say they have the same sex attraction, it's like this unburning passion where they are just like, you know, oh, they're gay. Like they must be like just doing a whole bunch of gay activity all over the place. Just, you know, <laughs> right? And that's like where your, where your mind goes. And honestly, and I'm going to share this story. When I was a youth pastor, it was it like it was like eye-opening. You know what I mean? Like you hear about it, you talk about it. But we had two girls in our youth ministry that entered like into this relationship. But here's like the, the, the crazy thing. And I did more research. And I'm like, wow, this is like my wife, you know, is a clinical counselor. And like there's, there's science behind this. So... You know, the science is, uh, I think it's like oxytocin is what's releasing your body when you're like you're growing up. That it, it affirms like the good feeling. So whether it is a like romantic, like hey, like you know, it's my boyfriend girlfriend, or whether it's like a son wrestling with his dad, this oxytocin is like this. This feels good. Like we're bonding. And so what was happening? So these two girls. They went, there was a rough situation that happened at the church, and they were just very good friends. And they were like, you know, godly girls, you know what I mean? And really what happened, they started hanging out. It's like, man, we can't believe this happened at the church. And they're just, you know, snuggling up on the couch, watching a movie, like holding each other. Then it kind of crossed the line, and it was like they were finding comfort in each other. But then they, they both came to us, and it was like, we're con- like confused. Like, we're not... Like, you know, they weren't like, oh, we love each other and like, we, we think we're, it's just like, you know, you know, we don't get to, like, we cross the line and we find this comfort in each other and they were trying to process what that was and really it was affection, it was comfort that was directed in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so even helping young people understand, right, it's like, that's just an aspect of what happened there with those two young ladies. That's even just an aspect of unhealthy relationships directed in the wrong way, right? That's like even young ladies searching for attention in a young, a young man, mm-hmm. and you know, giving themselves up sexually. Mm-hmm. It's like, baby girl, like that's right. You know, I, I've heard it said like, you know, guys will say I love you, have sex, and girls will have sex with love. Yes. And you know, it's like helping them understand the emotional, relational side of things, and how to direct that in a healthy, healthy way. And so I, I just want to say, you know, those two things. So like to just move slow, don't, you know, jump and all that kind of stuff. There's lots of moving parts, right? Maybe they haven't told their parents and may, you know, it's like, there's lots of things. So you got to walk slowly with them. They have to feel like it's a safe place. And, um, you know, um, I have, um, we don't know how to hear, we were talking about information before, but um, I have, I actually did a whole bunch of research. I found like a whole bunch of websites, different things. Um, that kind of like our organizations that deal with people who are dealing with, you know, Christian organizations dealing with same-sex attraction. And so if you guys are like, man, I just want to hear some stories. I mean, there's there's tons of people sharing their testimonies, you know, and, you know, some of them are hard to hear. Yeah. You know, some of them are, you know, sexual abuse, and it started with a family friend and, you know, just hard stuff to listen to. But it helps bring some insight. So, if you, like I said, if you want those, you can email me because I, I now have the list together and, that's and, why I went uh, back. I was like, oh. oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Gay Girl, Good God. One of the best books I've read in the last five years. And it is by Jackie Hill Perry. So, Jackie Hill Perry, Gay Girl, Good God. Looks like this. I read it in a day. Like, super easy read. It's not, 
textbooky at all. It's raw. She tells her personal testimony, so she gets to the point. But honestly, what I love about it, and this is what I want to just kind of end, unless you have more to say with it, is we can't shy away from the truth, right? Sin is innocent, and we are the church. It is our job to love and God's job to convict. And so we do need to, you know, understand that. But my favorite thing about this book is her perspective of, yes, her sin and the lifestyle in which she was living was wrong in the eyes of the Lord, right? But it wasn't, it wasn't that what she was attracted to was the only thing that was wrong. It was a lack of humility. It was a lack of honoring God for who he is. There's so many layers to our sin that I think we're like, oh, oh, but that one looks really bad. But if we're all being honest, it's our arrogance and our pride and the things that we haven't dealt with that end up getting in the way of how we effectively live for the Lord. And she really dives deep into that. So honestly, I would recommend it for anybody like, oh, they need to remember that when they forget to live for Jesus, right? <laughs> they need to think about that part of their heart when they run their mouth when they know they shouldn't. Like, it's a great read. So, but yeah. yeah. And she has a lot of YouTube videos as well. Uh, Jackie Hill Perry. And she also has, you said, some really good videos yeah. too, right? Just the resource, uh, Dr. Litchie also recommends a book called Loving My LGBT uh, Neighbor. Okay. So Dr. Litchie, that's part of that paper that I gave you. He is a clinician at Emerge Ministries, and he specializes and does a lot of talks and travels about this actual subject. So, Yeah, um, kind of in the same genre. How would you go about creating an atmosphere in youth ministry where the students feel comfortable opening up about that kind of thing? Because you know it's, I haven't heard about it, but we have a, a, a group of 60, 70 kids. You know it's probably going on somewhere, or, or at least those, but I haven't heard at all about it, which tells me they're probably having a hard time talking about it. So I'd like to know how to make that atmosphere a little more easier for them to talk about it. Yeah, I think there has to be a space and, and time for it, right? You know. I don't want to open up like in a, a public setting type thing, but you know, some things I think you have to. Sometimes it's even initiating conversation. Sometimes half the battle with teenagers, where you know, sometimes we we could just be general, like, "Hey, you guys, anything going on?" You know, like leaders are here for you, and that's kind of like the end of it. But you know, maybe it's one of those things in the youth group setting, saying, "Hey, some of you might be dealing with these different things in the list of right." Like, just say them. Some of you might be dealing with same-sex attraction. If that's you, this is a safe place. And we like this is what we're here for to help you, you know, grow and like come find myself, you know, the leader a- after service or one or whenever. Because you know, we want to just come alongside you. You know what I mean? Like I think you have to you have to say it for people to know and then in their time of day, you know, they come to you. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good question too. I think it is happening more and more actually um, I live in suburbia, okay, so we live in a small town, it's very communi- community oriented. And um, one of the ladies that's here was telling me that her nine-year-old daughter yesterday got asked out at school by a girl. It's the first time anybody's asked her out, and it was a girl. And she's like, I was, I was not prepared for that, right? So it's happening. It's happening in our small town. <coughs> and, and we do, as the church, need to be able to lead the way and not shy away. It is our job to lead culture and not let culture lead us. So don't shy away from those topics. Have them, again gently and in healthy environments but we need to make sure that we are preparing and equipping our young people to know what to do when these things happen yeah and and i like to being consistent and i think youth culture right we like hey we did a sermon series three months ago that was your chance right right but <laughs> <laughs>
revisit it. Yeah. Saying, hey, who's always reminded that this, you know, whatever title, whatever phrase you want to put out, like, hey, this is always the same place, whatever issues you're dealing with. And, like, once again, say those those things. And so people are like, oh, okay. You know, there might be a new person there, or someone who just joined the church recently. It's like, okay, this is this is a space, you know, for me. And, you know, make sure leaders are equipped as, as well. You know, okay. So, um, how do I, as a woman in ministry, teach young Christian men how to be young Christian men? Oh, you looking at me? <laughs> how do I, as a woman That's in a ministry, woman in teach? Life. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I'm just, <laughs> I just need a minute to process. All right. So, I don't have all the answers on that. Um, but I think that, first and foremost, when we, when we teach any young person how to know and understand the Word of God, we're teaching them how to be who they're created in Christ, right? So naturally, foundationally, discipleship is so incredibly important. So I said this in my last session, and it's just something that it just burns in my heart. Um, you can't have mentoring without discipleship and discipleship without mentoring, right? Mentoring shapes a view. You spend time with somebody, you start talking like them, you start acting like them, you start doing those things, it happens, right? But discipleship changes a life. Because now if I start going out and hanging out, then I start talking like him and acting like him, he's no longer mentoring me anymore, right? Um, but when we disciple our young people, they're learning who Jesus is, they're learning how to live like Jesus does, they're learning what he says about the topics, and so you're naturally going to be able to invest and teach them who they are meant to be. Um, I think it's super important to be honest uh, with our young boys, like, hey, there's some things that I, I wish somebody would have taught me. Or, for me, this is how I do it. And, you know, because I was a female youth pastor, like, hey, fellas, this is what I want people to be like for my daughter. I want these young men to come. I want them to open the door for them and treat them like they are special. It is not overstepping your bounds to offer to pay for a meal. Why? Because you are showing her she's valued and you are investing in her. This isn't because she's not capable, because she's important. So for me as a woman, that's how I would have approached it and did approach it when I was active in youth ministry. And it was just that, like, this is what I want for my daughter. This is the kind of man I would want somebody who would be able to pray for her. And just, like, really putting it out there in a way that isn't shaming that they're not doing, but teaching them, like, oh, yeah, I see how that makes sense now. I, I want to do that. So, I don't know. Your thoughts on it? No, I think that's great. I think sharing your story, your perspective, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so whoever wrote the question, whether it is, you know, you are married, I think it's great to talk about the strengths of your marriage. Mm -hmm. um, to say, like, this is why I love my husband, or to even share about, you know, um, as a young lady or, you know, personal stories that help a young man understand, like, oh, wow, like, this is really what a woman desires or, or what a woman should receive, um, you know, and... And I think this brings different perspective um, to that. I mean, this was, I joke around, my uh, my dad worked midnights, and so I had two sisters and then also my mom. So I watched more figure skating gymnastics, I'd like to admit, and doctors from a medicine woman. Come on, somebody. And so, uh, you know, being in an environment of understanding, so like even for me growing up, like, I, you know, I understand like, hey, like I have two sisters and a mom, I spend a lot of time with like, you know, I feel like I, I, it helped me as a, as a be more well-rounded. Also, my dad was there as well. You know, what I'm saying he was a huge influence in my life, and so I think it's always just great to share your perspective. You know, don't try to be like, "Hey, what would a guy say?" Like, you know, I mean, you know, sh share from like she was saying, just that perspective. So, 
Yeah, I even think from the opposite, if I just talk to the men in the room, I think it's really easy in youth ministry when teenage girls approach you about topics to instantly defer to your wife. And sometimes that's appropriate. There are going to be topics, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Some, sometimes that's appropriate. But I'm going to say a very good majority of the time, it's not always appropriate. Because what we're doing then is we are telling her, go to my wife, go to my wife, go to my wife. So when men start going and showing that young lady attention, what are they wanting from her her age? What are they looking at her as? We are teaching our girls that men only want them sexually. We're teaching them that they only show interest in me when they want something from me, right? And we don't do that on purpose, but I think it's important for us to keep that in mind. They need to know that you love them in a strictly godly way, in a way that says, I care about your soul, I care about who you are as a person. And just making that making that effort to not just like defer because it's uncomfortable, but letting them know like men are gonna be in your life and they're gonna care about you and they don't want a thing from you. They just want you to know Jesus. So just make sure that you don't underplay your value. Our girls need godly men to surround them appropriately and to show them that they are special, they are valued, and they are loved. Mm -hmm. How do we broach the topic of sex and porn with the youth? Um, I know we kind of like I know we kind of talked about. It's oh, outright. It's outright. No. Like I said, I, I say a couple things. If you're doing it in your youth ministry, you know, um, like I said, I, I think it's wisdom to. And like I said, something you might think is over top, but I think it's wisdom even send like a letter to the parents. Um, just letting them know, hey, this is kind of the series that we're heading into. Um, because as parents, they are the pride, like they, you are supporting parents, right? So parents know what's going on in their kid's life better than you do. And as youth pastors, youth leaders don't take the approach of, well, you know, these kids need to know the truth and blah, 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 right? I get that, but you can't do that. Um, and then, like I said, just think about what you want to communicate. Don't just, you know, focus on these buzzwords that, you know, I won't say them, but, you know, those buzzwords that, like, get people's attention, and it's like, yeah, don't do those things. And it's like, oh, okay, you know what I mean? But what do we do? Right. And, you know, we've talked about before when we're talking about this session where, let's use the example of talking about sex. Um, you know, I grew up in a culture where it's like, don't have sex before marriage. It's almost like Mean Girls. Have you ever seen Mean Girls? You know, it's like, don't have sex before marriage. You know, you will, whatever, and die. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's almost like that was like the approach in youth ministry where it's like, that. that's what happened. And, and right, we all seen the, the illustrations where it's like, you know, dabbing food, coloring, and watering. Like, you can't take that out. Like, you have got a soul tied to this person and or putting pieces of tape on everybody's arm. Like, you want to be this piece of tape having sex? No! You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and, right, you have people sitting in your yes. youth like, okay. I'm going to use a piece of tape. Right. <laughs> That's me on the floor, you know? <laughs> yep. And we have to change that, that narrative, right? It just can't be fear. It can't be... Um, that, but it has to be the balanced approach if we're going to talk about these things with, and I don't know if it was just for you, I'll the question, uh, I'll just sex with you. So, you know, when it comes to sex, don't, don't just talk about don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. We have to say, listen, if you have, this is some things you got to know, you got to understand, you know, and just, you know, that whole like, you know, young ladies, don't put yourself out there, you know, because the guy says, if you love me, that's manipulation. You don't manipulate what you love. You don't threaten what you love. Mm -hmm. That's that's not it. Helping them understand that. Mm -hmm. You know, helping them like 
I mean, I had a situation with time where like it broke my heart, but you know, we had a young lady who actually sent pictures of herself to some guy on the computer, and like I like it's burned in my brain, like burned in my brain. Her parents came to me and said, "We found these pictures of our daughter on our computer, you know, new photos." I mean, I, first of all, I feel for the parents. You know, I can't imagine what that'd be like. And then for the daughter, you know, they were gracious and loving. They weren't coming with wrath. They weren't upset. They were heartbroken for their daughter. But I'll never forget the look and asking to help us, you know, with our daughter. We sat down and you know, we sat down and, you know, I said, sweetie, you know, your parents found some, I mean, before I can get the sentence out, I mean, her face just like drops in shame. And that, you know, and helping young ladies understand, right? I mean, she was a, you know, a good girl. But you have to have those conversations that are, are higher. And even if you've made mistakes, you have to show that our God is redeeming. So it's not just, well, I had sex, well, might as well just keep this party going because I'm going to be safe, you know? <laughs> but say, What's another arm? Right? <laughs> right? Just had to lighten the mood a little bit. You know, and it's, I'm sorry. Cause I, get so, I, I, get so pas- you know, I, do, I just get so passionate about it because it's like, we feel like there's like hopelessness. We feel like, you know, you know, you know what does this all, you know, mean and all. So I just think, you know, sending a letter out, Think about what you want to communicate. Just don't get on those those buzz types of things. And then always the redeeming factor. So even if a kid, maybe in that moment they're doing good, but maybe they mess up. They can remember that God is redeeming. And not like, I did the unfirm. Because here's the thing. Sorry. I get long-winded pastors. Sorry. I'm about to jump on it, too. We're right. going to keep talking about it. Because here's the thing. Listen, this is right. This is real, right? Because you do something that's meant to bring pleasure, right? And it feels good. But then it's coupled with great shame. And it's a tough place to live. We're like, that brought great pleasure, but I feel shame. And I don't know how to reconcile this. And so what do they do? I'm going to keep the pleasure and just try to bury the shame. Right? And then what happens, right? You know, it's team relationships. They break up. Next relationship. Go to prove my, and, you know, Prove my love, my devotion. I'm gonna go even further than I went with the last person. And it's a it's a it's a terrible cycle. So um. I should say I think there's so much value also if we're gonna have this conversation and teaching them how to set boundaries in advance. You know, what are what are you willing to do? What's your non-negotiable? Um, because that has to be a hard line in the sand, and they need to know that going into a relationship. So I'm just going to be honest. We're all adults in here. I don't care how much you love Jesus in the heat of the moment. There are other things you want more, right? Like, I could love Jesus with all my heart, but I've been with this guy for one and a half years, and we're alone, and we're in this situation. It is real hard to be a good girl, right? It's just the nature of what our bodies are designed to do. But it feels right. good, right? What do you do with that? So it's even important to teach our young people, okay, so if you say you're never going to do this, then here are some things that you're probably not, you should probably not be alone in a basement under a blanket watching a movie. You should probably not be ever get in the back seat. You should probably, right? Like, it floors me. And as a youth pastor, it would floor me how many times parents would let their dating teenager in the other room unsupervised with blankets and everything else. And I was like, oh, I guess you don't know what they're doing because everybody does, right? It's just natural. So it's important to let them know, like, here are some things that no matter how much you love Jesus, you're going to get in trouble. I used to tell my students, listen, all you girls, 
that want to snuggle, that's great. Those boys ain't thinking about snuggling you, okay? They are not spooning you because it's so cozy. And all the boys in the room are like, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's the truth, but we have to have those conversations yeah. in a godly way. I mean, I'm being blunt now because we're all adults in here. We could be big girls and big boys, but that we do need to have that. And tell parents that they were cast their children. It's like they walk like, oh, don't let me stop. Go ahead, right? Don't let me keep making out, right? You know, like if you catch them, you know, make it awkward. Yeah. Best way to diffuse the situation. Right. Yeah. Underneath the cuddling. Oh, don't stop cuddling. Don't mind me. Yeah, let me get under here. Right. I'm just watching TV with y'all. Don't let me interrupt. Throw some cold water on that. Yeah, in the back. Just to reiterate what you guys have already said with gender and being able to talk to both sides. So as the as the father of three teenage girls, I speak into their life about these situations because I want them to hear from me. And then when I take them on my daddy-daughter dates, even though they're older now and teenagers, I want them to know how a young man should treat them. So they're prepared for future. Yeah. Like, here's your level of expectation. Don't, don't lower your expectation just so someone else will come up. No, you make somebody else come up to your expectation, your boundaries. Yeah. If they don't, then they're not the right one. Move on. Mm-hmm. So we're next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't stay here. You stay up here. Don't come down expecting one of lower minds so that way I can meet theirs. No, you make them come up to you. And here's why. Yeah. And so I, I think the from the male perspective to the female, they hear that. They, they experience it. And then the opposite. So as a female, they are speaking into the boys' life, being able to say things that and communicate the same way, just the way my wife just said it, by the way, Amy is my wife. So just being able to say, listen, this is this may be what she's thinking, but here's what he's thinking. Right. And we have those conversations in our home, like, no. And she'll be like, my wife will look at me and be like, what's a, what's a guy really thinking? I'm like, um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write down a piece of paper and slide it over. <laughs> Girls, you don't, you don't want to know. Yeah. Like, right. Man, it's all bad. Men are bad. bad. <laughs> no points. But have those conversations and be open to it. Yeah. From gender specific, because you already know it's still true. We're not thinking the same thing. Because what happens if we don't have them now, and they get married? Then what? And so what do we see? The divorce rate is like sixty something percent inside the church and outside the church. Second marriage is 70%, third is 80 Why? Because we're never learning. We're never learning. So if we don't teach them now, then all we're going to keep is reproducing and reproducing. You know, we're just going to keep getting worse. You got to do it now. That's true. That's good. Good word. Yeah. So, and I was going to say, too, I think, you know, even like for sex, or like pornography, those kind of things, you know, like you talk about even with mind. I, I think one of the things is we, you know, like Lance saying, helping people understand, it's like with, you know, with guys, you know, when they're like, yeah, if you want to date this girl, like, oh man, good for you guys. Because the truth is, I don't have a, like a, I think when people should date. You know, I mean, I know some people like they're not dating till they're eighteen. You know, like, and I so I know some of seventh grade is like, yo, I got that promise ring. We got to date eighteen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, all right, well, all right, bless God. All right, um, you know, I always say, you know, I would, I would tell this people like, hey, if you ever, you know, if your parents, I can't supersede what your parents are allowing you to do. That doesn't that doesn't honor the parents, and it gives a confusing sign to authority. So I say, if you're if you're allowed to date, you need to be submitted to somebody. If someone can look in your eyes and say, how's your purity doing? Do you know how to treat, right? So I don't care if you're seventh grade, you need to find a married couple that can speak to you. 
right? And getting that accountability going. And I think the other thing I drill down on too is like, oh man, that's great. Hey, so what? You know, now I'm talking like, you know, when these are like the seventh graders, or even like the high school, like, oh, like we're dating, you know? And especially in the high school, it's like, it's so cool. They act like they're engaged, you know, or like married, like, oh, you know, like we, you know, we on it like that, you know, we knew Kanye and Kim. And so um, when they are talking about that, I say, oh, it's awesome. So like, you know, what, what attracts you to this person? Oh man, they're just like, so awesome. Do you not know any other awesome people? But you know what I mean? Like, they're, man, they're, they're just like so cute. Like, you don't know any other cute people? And like, I, I, I drill down because I get, I get all the way down to, so what is the defining factor of being friends to being dating? And you boil it down, it just comes to physical touch. Well, I can kiss this person, right? Oh, it's okay to hold their hand with my arm around them. Right? Because like, they'll say, oh, I love to hang out with them. You know, like, you don't like to hang out with anybody else? Well, you know, they make me laugh. No one else makes you laugh, right? <laughs> I keep like, <laughs> right. But then I drill down. So, because I say like, oh, because you get to kiss them, <laughs> right? I think it's like awkward. You know, you pass their weirdness. Yeah. But I'm like, and I just say, be careful. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Boyfriends don't get husband privileges. That's the rule in our house. <laughs> Session over. Session over. <laughs> That's a word. That's a word right there. Right? Like. That's the truth. That's a word. That's good. Going back to how you would frame your discussion or even if you're speaking on Wednesday night, the the Bible speaks of, I mean, there there are as many or more do's as there are adults. Yes. So you frame what a healthy relationship or a God framed relationship looks like, Mm -hmm. and you you operate from that and you you mentor and disciple that. Yeah. And then you're not spending all your time, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, right. don't do this. It's, you know, if it doesn't fit in this framework, then, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, but that's true. I think that's a way, to, without introducing all these, like the pornography on the computer, whatever, you can frame it from a positive, mm-hmm. God says do this, this is how God And here's it. the reward you're of not, it. Yeah, and, and here's, here's, the, here's the positive upswing of that, and you're not introducing things to those kids that may not know it, or that sort of thing, that culty, you know, homeschool that you mentioned. Do it, you're doing it. Anyway, that's my point. You know, how can we effectively minister to the opposite gender if we are single? Training leaders of the opposite gender. Um, my fight. Yeah, go for it, because I talked last time on that. So, okay, so I, you know, my first time in I was single, and so it was... It was just like a unique time. At that point, I was doing youth ministry, but my primary focus was young adults. So it was just like an interesting dynamic to be like, uh, you know, to be dating the demographic you're ministering to. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean young adults. Young adults. He needs the young adults. And the teenagers. Sorry, yeah, let's primary focus young adults. Let me be clear. Say it again. Double down on that. Right. Young See, Lisa, like, how old are you, Lisa? Like, <laughs> um, but because you know, seeing one, like, you're just trying to, to, you know, like, um, you're not make sure any lines are crossed. And, and I'll, I'll just say this, you know, it's just a, it's a different day, um, you know, for everyone. You know, light up Me Too movement, different things like that. And listen, this isn't like I'm trying to get on any type of social justice, you know, platform things like that. But you know, your name is a very valuable thing. Nowadays, guys and girls, and, um, and when you are ministering to the you know opposite gender, you have 
you really have to just develop accountability on all fronts for yourself. So, you know, I'll kind of run through a list of things, but you have to think about these things. So, you know, whether it's, hey, you're taking a youth trip. You know, when I was in youth ministry, it was just like, hey, you know, we're saving a room, like, you know, two people to a bed, and that's it. That day is gone. That day is gone. Um, you know, if you're a youth pastor in this room and like, oh, yeah, we definitely still do that, don't. Um, you know, I, and I, I looked at Tom, I know they, they you know, sent some stuff out just talking about kind of some protocols. I'd love for you to you know, sh- share on that because um, you want to protect yourself. You don't want to be in a situation where all it takes is an accusation, right? All it takes is someone to say, hey, so-and-so reached across and touched me. And you know, it could be com- a complete lie, like, you know, not even close to being true type, but, you know, like, but an accusation is a lot better. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a quick, the phrase you guys want to focus on in that regard is a phrase they call the community standard of care, okay? So you have to determine what your community standard of care is. This is the legal side of it, right? So this is the Dr. Hammer side of it, okay? Yeah. Too much time to ruin the thing. Uh, so the Dr. Hammer side of this is you have to identify the community standard of care. So when you go on a trip and you ask questions like, um, do I have to have background checks for all these people? Or uh, how do we handle our rooms? You know, do we put adults in rooms with students? You have got to determine what community standard of care is. How do you accomplish that? Well, I would call school districts. I call your local school district, your church is in. Like, hey, when you take overnight trips, how do you handle this? Like, every question you have, I'd ask the school, I'd ask a couple other churches, I'd ask any other organization that does things like that. And what you'll do is you'll determine, based on what everyone does, a quote-unquote community standard of care. Now it changes from community to community. But what that does, if you can if you can establish that, first of all, that will frame what you should or should not be doing. And that will also help you down the road in the case of a, a lawsuit that, that you can talk through. Here's the research we did, here's what we've done. I've all, I would also just recommend that once you determine what that is, I, I'd notch that up just a little, just one, one touch. So here's your community standard of care, take it up one notch, right? So you're above, you're acting above the community standard of care. Because there are so many nuances of this conversation, and you'll never be on top of all of them, but you just have to do your best. So yeah, background checks and all, those are non-negotiables, right? If you look into even the Ohio law for what they determine, we should close this door, because uh, I don't want you to be held accountable for what you're about to hear, right? But um, the reality, if you read the law in Ohio, and we had lawyers look into this years ago, right? If you read the law in Ohio, they determine, the law in Ohio determines a camp as any overnight experience uh, where the primary guardian is not present. That means lock-ins, that means youth convention, that means, so that's, that's Ohio law. They would put you in the classification of a camp. So they need to find what's necessary for leaders at camps. There's a whole list of things. Now, it would, it would if you saw that, you'd go, oh my goodness, I can't do all that, right? So what I'm saying is you have to determine community standard of care, okay, and then notch it up a notch, a, 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 a notch. Um, but uh, you, you guys are gonna be all right. Just be aware, don't be silly, right? Don't be obnoxious, don't be a, you know. It'll never happen to leader. me. You're like, hey man, let's just do this. Not, not in today's world, right? We live in a very litigious uh, community and lawsuits fly around all over the place, right? So you just don't wanna, don't wanna be that, you don't wanna be that headline. So. So in that regard, call your schools and ask them all the questions you have, right? I wouldn't, and then the other one is, call the legal counsel for your church. All your churches probably have some sort of legal counsel. Give them a call and ask them these questions. 
uh, because that's the person who represents you in the in the, in the case of uh, uh, accusation or something. So make sure that they're aware as well. So that's just work you have to do. I just want to say Galen is my poster child because he is single, youth pastor, male, but. He had one of his female youth leaders, female leaders, contact me because he felt like it was important for our young girls, his teenage girls, to be discipled. Hey, what options do you have? Is there any curriculum? What do you recommend? I just sent her like some links, some pages, whatever. But here is exactly what we need to do is be vulnerable enough to say like, hey, there are some things that I can't do or maybe aren't even always appropriate for me, but I'm going to build a team around me that's going to be strong and committed to being a part of what those girls need in situations where it's not going to be appropriate for me. So definitely just the value of bringing in teams and people around you, it only makes you stronger. It doesn't make you less of a leader. It doesn't make you less important. It definitely makes your youth ministry and your students stronger. Yeah. So, and I know kind of fast around like just how you um, try to think opposite gender if you're single, but yeah, just pray safeguards for yourself, you know, like, you know, to, you know, don't drive the opposite sex home alone in the car. Don't have a meeting in your office, the door's shut. Don't, um, you know, I know it's social media, but like someone, you know, sent me a DM, right? You want to keep conversations probably in a, in a more formal setting, right? It just kind of sounds icky when it's like, oh, yeah, like I talked to, you know, this girl like in my DMs all the time. It's like, eee. you know, it's, you want to, you want to protect yourself because students can sometimes um, romanticize things. You know, we like, had that happen in our church. Our youth pastor about a year ago switched. He no longer is friends with anybody on Snapchat uh, for that reason. It's just a girl. We could all tell she's kind of had a crush on him. Nothing inappropriate happened, but she was definitely like, you know he's married with kids, right? Like, it was just weird. So from this point on, like, he's got a group chat. It's Ignite Student Ministries. The adult leaders are in it. And if you want to talk to him on Snapchat, you're talking to the whole group on Snapchat. So just protect yourself. Be aware. Totally. Um, I said, in this kind of, how do we protect ourselves from being in awkward, dangerous situations with students? You know, counseling opposite genders, helping avoid students having romantic fantasies, and so you can't avoid students having romantic yeah. fantasies. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, like I said, I think for for guys, remember if you're leading, you know, young ladies, uh, sometimes they're looking for like they're attracted to authority, right? It's like you know, that's you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but like you hear the phrase like you know, girl has daddy issues, right? Because there, there's a way that God designed the family to be. So sometimes they can be directed to the anointing on, on, you know, on a young man, right? It's like, he, you know, he, he loves the Lord. He's, you know, cares for me. He shows love. He shows like, and there's not, you know, not that, not that the heart of the young lady is like, oh my gosh, like I'm just, you know, I'm in love with you. But there's something that their heart is longing for, and there's, and it, you know, they're they're searching for that, and you have to be mindful, especially as you know, young leaders. Sometimes you're like. Oh, no, that's one of the youth girls. And she's like, man, I really find comfort in you. So you really got to be careful. Yeah. No, that's good. I think just all the typical things, like if you're going to be counseling, door open or crack, window in the door. Um, even if there's a window in the door, um, if that door needs to be shut all the way, you have somebody that walks by that window every couple minutes. Like you're not in the building alone. Somebody is stationed close enough that they can either A, hear if they're trustworthy, if they're another pastor, or that they're able to walk by and say, no, I walk by every two to three minutes. I set an alarm. Like, just protect yourself. Just never think it'll never happen to you. Is it legal to record that session? It, th yes. Okay. They would have to know they're being recorded. Yeah. Well, change on that. It has uh, it? To record audio and video, only one party has to be aware of the Oh, well, hey. Anyway. 
audio and video. You don't have to be. You don't have to know. Sorry, audio. No, that's oh. good. I appreciate you saying. Yeah. Well, All right. There you go. It's. Whoop, there I'm gonna it is. Check with the legal counsel of your church. This is not a <laughs> not legal advice. Uh, I'm, I'm just telling you. You told me to do it. Nah. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I'm broke. I'm dropping. I'm like Pastor Raylan Church Um, what are ways, I know we got to kick up here, what are ways to effectively communicate um, brand ADs for gender-specific ministry? Aren't we all equal? Oh, yeah, we're for sure all equal. So I get the lucky privilege tomorrow of preaching a sermon, and we're going through the book of Ephesians. So I got to preach on Ephesians chapter 5, second half of that. And for those of you who aren't aware, I got to talk to wives about being submissive to their husbands. Y'all pray for me, right? And talk about the husband's responsibility to the wives. Right. There are some biblical things. We are different. We are built different. We are made different. And where where we fall offline with that is when sin has entered the picture. All right. So we are we are created very differently. That doesn't mean that we're not created equally. Right. We equally submit to one another. And the Bible. That's actually what that scripture talks about. Is there's equal submission. And then the man submits to God, and then the woman submits to her husband while he's under Christ's leadership right does that mean that one is better than the other no but we do need to nurture that while our young women are young otherwise again not to get on a rant but our culture is going to say woman power don't have that man open the door for you you don't need a man you don't need listen i was raised with six brothers i am a strong woman i was raised and for a long time i felt like if you're a strong woman then you're not you're not a good christian woman right until I read the Bible and it was, be strong and courageous, right? Be bold in the Lord. Stand firm on his promises. But we've got to speak into that, into the lives of our young men and our young women, teaching them what, what the Bible says about it. And I don't remember the rest of it, but I know no, we got to go. Good. No, it's the last that's one. Why is it important to have girls' ministry? And what about boys? Uh, it's important to have boys' and girls' ministry, so I don't know if what about boys is the same thing or whatever, but... Why is it important, again, um, because of learning styles, because of personalities, because of the way that we will naturally view things. Girls do not bully the same way boys bully. And we cannot address that in a room and have everybody on the same page. So having those times, and friends, I just want to say this to you, this doesn't mean you have to use a specific curriculum. This doesn't mean you have to do a whole lot different. We've been talking about this all day long. Somebody said to me, you know, it's in reference to kids, but you youth ministries are in the same world. They said, yeah, but we need questions that for our small groups if we don't have to do anything extra. So I said this, you got like True Fire, Orange, Life Church, all these popular programs that everybody's already using for their ministries that come with built-in small group questions at the end. Use your small group questions and break up into genders. So have your high school girls in a group and your junior high girls in a group and your high school boys and your junior high. You just had gender-specific ministry talking about the sermon that you were already going to preach on Wednesday night. But now you're digging into it. They're doing it this month, and it's on the Holy Spirit. Nothing even, like, weird. My daughter came home. She's like, that was the best small group I've ever been a part of. And they said this, and they said that. And I was like, in a small group with other girls and the opportunity for leadership there. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Just give opportunities and safe spaces for them to communicate on the level that they would naturally communicate in. So they're gonna get more out of it. Yeah, okay. I have a question. I just wanna flip that question. Um, I don't really know anything about what goes on for the boys' ministry with the network. Um, so like, 
do we have events for to send the boys to, like TGC or pow? I mean, obviously powwow and powwow, like curls retreat, things like that. I don't know what they do. So the session can't help it that going. the girls are awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're better than <laughs> our events. Right. No, so, so this is and this is honestly just a conversation we started um, having just in line of Ohio for Jews and what this really looks like for boys and So. Like, you know, obviously, Royal Rangers is there for the young yeah. men, and so, and that's a fantastic program, and, and uh, Harry does a great job leading that throughout the state of Ohio, and there's such a great community there. And so, for you know, the boy side of things, you know, we, we were talking, what does that look like? Um, not not because, like, oh, well, you know, we need something outside of Royal Rangers, but for our heart is, we wanted to feel like we are, there's options for young men. There's options for you know young ladies and what that looks like. You know, there's teen girl conference and then there's powet, right? They're two different things. So even for you know young men, we don't want young young men to feel like, you know, all we have is you know camp and it's activities and it's games, it's outdoors. And I like, I rather I feel more comfortable like reading a book and like is there something that you know can engage me that way or, or this or that. And so we're actually in the process of talking about what does it look like for teen boys and is there just like a teen boy conference and. You know, obviously talking through what it was like schedule-wise, right? Because we don't want to feel like church is like, oh, there's more events, you know, that we have, and so different things. I was just going to say, short-term solutions to that could be, like, you as male leaders taking a place like day. It might not be totally targeted towards youth boys, but if you're taking them, I mean, we've all sat through youth conferences who are kind of boring, but it's all about you guys being together and just building relationships with those boys or with those girls I think that could be a really decent solution. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, and like and that goes like it's the options. You know what I mean? I think you have some of the always feel like like, oh like it's this or like, you know, we need another event for this or we need an event for this. And really I think the heart's like, right, there's options. Hey, there's game day, there's Royal Rangers, or there's this event. We're not saying hit all of them, but we're saying find your spot and and, and let that minister, you know, to you. So Thanks. No. Last, last question. Is any closing thoughts? Any wisdom? Any clarity of anything yet? Uh, clarify. Uh, Royal Rangers for the past two years have been finding ways to go outside of town just camping. Yeah. So we're building hoverboards. We are building electronics, and we're not working killer robots and flying drones. There you go. We're Sweet. probably just so you know how we have derby every now and then. Yeah. We're thinking of doing drone racing. Oh, oh nice. so we're we are stepping out of the bounds. Finding the guys who have that technical knowledge has been extremely difficult. Yeah, right. not a lot of guys want to step into it because all they think is Royal Rangers. Oh, we can't. Mm-hmm. Right, so, and, and like and like and I think every ministry, right? You know, there's stereotypes that she deals with. Oh, girls' ministry is badges and sashes. No, and it's like, not. Right, for the love of God, <laughs> no, please, no. <laughs> Right, you know, it's youth ministry. Oh, it's just lights and games and big events. It's like, no, we want you know, want me more of that, right? It's you know, we're to, oh, it's camping, and right? Right, and pizza, right? <laughs> Bless God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, those things like you know, like you said, like hey, there's always things expanding and growing, and it's and helping people saying, hey, there's lots of different things out there. Do you have something? Like, oh, I thought you were raising your hand. Sorry, I'm stretching. No, stretching. But it's three twenty-three. But um, I know last week we had three thirty. Yeah. This is so much fun. This is great. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Guys. Yeah, if you have any questions, or like I said, any resources we talked about, like those websites, of, you know, all that stuff, just feel free to email. Yeah, to get that to you.